how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're bottom. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television. Join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, Did Home Alone, Rowan John Hughes' Career, The Greatest Movie Never Made, and How Jackie Chan Creates Perfection Through Failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. Thanks to an early interest in film from his father, Nick Stagliano went down a road of being a fan, then a creator of cinema. Focused on character-driven dramas, he's known for The Florentine, Good Day For It, and most recently, The Virtuoso. The latest movie stars Anthony Hopkins, Anson Mount, and Abby Cornish. In this story, danger, deception, and murder descend upon a sleepy town when a professional assassin accepts a new assignment from his enigmatic boss. In this interview, the director talks about why good actors are more important than big budgets, what makes him stop turning the page while reading a script, why juxtaposing characters are vital for any good movie, and how to beef up side characters for a better film. I know we don't have that much time, but um, my father, my father loved the movies. He let me watch the Academy Awards when I was eight years old, and when they used to be on Monday night on ABC, and I would run into school the next day and go, you know, so-and-so won the best movie. And no, my friends didn't care. They didn't understand. They, they had to go to bed at eight o'clock or anything. Right. And my, but my father would let me watch the movies because as a child, you know, he, he was born in 1929 at the great depression, but even when he was a little, you know, 10 years old, his parents had a nickel and then a dime to give him so he could go to the movies probably saved the, the, my grandparents, but, uh, you know, he didn't see it that way. He saw it as an adventure to go see the world. And so I always had that in my mind. And then I went to college and I was uh, in a writing program, uh, short stories, which is what I thought I was going to do. And uh, there was a class for um, <laughs> dating myself again, Super 8 Cinematography. That's, that's uh, that classic, Brock. And, um, but there was a teacher there that would, he would screen 16 millimeter prints of all the movies I'd seen on television, only without the commercials. And I was like, wow, look at the Maltese Falcon. Uh, there's Humphrey Bogart. So I knew those 
guy. I knew Humphrey Bogart. I knew Ward Bond. I I knew all these, you know, characters. And the guy was so impressed. He's like, you should really pursue this. And I'm like, uh, I can't. I don't know. I could sell that <laughs> to my parents, but um, they were supportive. So um, I took a ride cross country. I ended up on the, the quad at UCLA, and this was great because I went to Villanova, and so we went from a Jesuit college, me and three of my friends, to a the quad at UCLA, and uh, I was stunned. And uh, I picked up a magazine, and I opened it just to try to be a decoy, so we didn't look too too far out of place. And uh, it said, so you want to go to film school? And that was, I thought, well, can't possibly uh, not follow that fateful event. And uh, so I ended up getting into NYU grad film. And that's how it started. What do you kind of look for in like a screenplay or a story? It seems like if you're just, if maybe someone has seen one of your films or a few of them, or maybe just the trailers, it seems like you're kind of in that middle genre, maybe of action drama that's, that's maybe going to television. So what do you look for when you're looking for a screenplay these days? Uh, you know, again, I think what you, I hope what you're referring to there is really all of my movies are more char character driven drama first. And then they become the specific genre of action, thriller, crime, whatever. So to me, it's always about the, really the quality of the writing and the depth of the character, even, even if it's in a straight action movie. I mean, I think these characters separate themselves because it's deeper, it's elevated thriller, right? I mean, there's, there's more weight to them than you might see in, in other movies like this. So uh, my first thing is that the characters of everybody in the movie, but then second, like anybody else, I'd just be, if it's not something of my own, if I read somebody else's script, I'm just looking for something original, you know? I mean, it's cliched as well, but if uh, we've all seen all the stories, but if somebody has an original take on them, I'd be thrilled, but um, it all goes back to, character you know for me actors are my goal i'm, I'm you know known as an actor's director and um my hero is frank capra right who oh you know always said that just remember you're you're telling your story not with gimmicks but with actors so you get a good actor good material you don't need 50 million dollars right you need a camera and a crew and uh, you can tell a story if there's something uh, maybe missing, if you read a screenplay and something's not quite there versus one of the ones you've you know chosen to make or work on, is that is that distinction pretty clear? Like, is it is it mainly just character? Like, how far into a script do you maybe stop reading if something's not there? It, it to me it is it is clear. That's uh, a tough question because yeah, I again because I write a lot of my own stuff. I polished the you know good day for it and then i then i polished and then and i wrote this cemetery scene in the virtuoso myself so i i do my own writing as a writer as well as you know my polishes as a director but i usually can can see that but you know for instance i i have a story that two friends of mine wrote that i'm working on right now a script and uh the first act is not right but and i see that clearly as day as a filmmaker right i, I know as a director i'm going to change this i'm going to trim this i'm going to probably want this to be longer this to be shorter um 
but I don't have the, you know, the hundred percent answer yet. You, you have to go back and still do the work, but yeah, normally I see what's missing and, and that it's fixable or readily fixable or, and if not, then I move on, you know, to the, to the next one. I mean, um, yeah, I, you know, my, my, uh, experience level, my age, I can't take too much longer. I only have a few good movies left. So I want to make sure they're great, you know. How important are maybe like juxtaposing characters in your films? And if you want to maybe give an example without giving too much away about, you know, Hopkins character versus Mount's character in this, like what's important that they're similar? What's important that they're different? How does that shape the film? It's, well, again, it's, um, it goes back to the, you know, elevated thriller part of the movie and, and the character driven part. They are, they're one and the same, right? They're not, but they could be. And that's what links them together. And so, and it's the same thing with the waitress, but again, we don't want to give away any spoilers here. Um, but that was my pitch to all of them, right? This is really at its core, a love story, um, which is the, the real basis for separation and, that everybody kind of jumped in and got it. The people that see that in, in the writing and then in the story understand. Um, Hopkins is the older version of Mount who lo he loves him. I mean, he's his surrogate father, as much as that guy could love anything, right? And then Mount is missing that father figure and re reciprocates that to the the mentor. So. He has that same feeling. And then we find out that um, the waitress is, is, has the same relationship in, in much, much like that to the mentor, though we didn't know about it. So, uh, you know, I like to do that. And I think um, it's important when you can, your audience has, they, they don't know why exactly, but they understand that they can relate to this, that, and the other. And that, that was the key to the movie, right? To keep the misdirection. And it's also why the supporting cast was so important because they all have their own weight, even though they're not in screen time wise, really not in this movie a lot to have talent like David Morris and Eddie Mars and, and Richard Brake, uh, you know, come in here and be on screen for five or six minutes is I think added to that whole level of um, what you said, just the position of the characters so that we weren't sure who was what at what time. And, um, you know, I think, I think it worked pretty well. Uh, it was hard. Do you have any advice maybe for writers who want to beef up those side characters? I mean, there's a lot of great, you know, seventies and eighties movies where you can almost overlook these guys are just maybe helping move the plot along or something like that. But today it seems like it, every role is really more important maybe than it used to be for story or otherwise. So if you're just giving advice for writers to beef those characters up or make them more dynamic, where do you kind of start with something like that? Uh, I, you know, that's you, you, you hit that right on the head. Cause that, those, to me, that's the sixties and seventies. I don't, I'm not sure I ever got out of them. Right. The, uh, Sam Peck and Paws and, um, and, uh, you know, those kind of movies, the Warren Oates character, right? I mean, for me, that was like, when you see that guy in the movie, you're like, I'm in for a good time, right? I mean, all those great character actors, Lee Marvin, yeah, just knew. 
And so in today, it's hard. It's hard for a bunch of reasons. As you just said, it's hard for production. It's hard for scheduling. It's hard for, you know, casting process and who will do supporting that doesn't want to be a leading man. So for writers, I would, uh, I would say, you know, don't, don't just throw anything in. There should never be any, you know, gratuitous excess in your script. They're, they're, they're too important now and, and they're too vital that, you know, make sure whatever's in there is important. But even like we have a good little character in the virtuoso, the motel clerk, and uh, the kid had two scenes. He was fantastic because it was vital, you know, it was important to the movie. And he took it like it was the greatest two scenes in his life, which is what you want as a, as a writer, right? And as a director to, to give it that weight of importance from their perspective because that translates on screen, it translates in the story, and it keeps the audience engaged. So again, for writers today, I would say don't ever think you have, you know, you don't want to do that because you can't afford to add the sixth character. If the sixth characters is necessary, you know, put them in the script and give them a reason to be in the script. And then just write them uniquely like so that they're separate because a, a good actor will see that, uh, you know, good storytellers will appreciate that. And, um, you know, I think you'll get what, what you want out of that. And, um, but I, I agree with your first question. That's, that's missing today, unless you're on a bigger, much bigger budget where you have a bunch of great, you know, characters supporting roles, but you should always fight for that. So kind of looking at the work as, as both a writer and director, if you were to write something and maybe pass it off to someone else, or maybe if you're reading a script, how much action do you want to see? Because I've read some scripts where it kind of says, and then they fight and there's a six minute scene. And I'm curious, you know, does that go to a choreographer? Like when does it, when does it need to be on the page and when does it not need to be on the page? Uh, another great question. Uh, it's, because to me, as, as the director, too, because I only look at stuff that I usually will direct, um, I don't need a lot because, you know, you know that, that gets dictated by a lot of other elements, right, in terms of financing, the size, the, the level, the schedule, you know, who your stunt people are going to be and everything else. But um, I've had scripts, uh, you've written them, and I've read them where, just what you said, uh, you know, exterior street day, uh, the world blows up period. And you're like, okay, um, uh, pretty cool. I can do that. And then I've had, uh, somebody write six, you know, three pages of, he kicks him in the head here. He goes down. He was, and I think that that those works, they do work. Uh, you could, you definitely as a writer need to put that in. If some, if there's really a strong purpose as to something happens within that action that is going to stay in the movie or affect the following scene, uh, right? Because I've done both and I'm, I'm not sure there's a the, the perfect answer. Like I, I'm not annoyed when I see something that's a page, you know, uh, I mean, a page or half a page or similarly, I'm not, you know, that upset when I see something that's two sentences that says, uh, you know, they fight for their lives um, because, you know, the director, whoever it is in here, in my case, it happens to be me, but the director will usually 
have a lot more to say about that uh, in terms of whether it's a you know, five-minute action sequence or whether, whether it's um, bang, bang, bang. I mean, if you go back to this throwback of the old scripts, I mean, a lot of that stuff was the beauty and the quickness of violence was, to me, was always a lot better than having said I'm a Sam Peckinpah fan. I mean, the slow motion and the wild bunch is still one of the greatest. I get so excited when I see it. <laughs> but, but by the same token, um, I think of like a movie, I don't know if you ever saw Carl Frank was one false move a long time ago. And it's it's a build up, build up, build up. And, the, and then Bill Paxson's character has a tremendously violent sequence that's less than a minute probably. And you're like, wow. That was just tremendous in the, in the simplicity of it. So it works both ways to me. I think same thing as a writer. If if you're not good at it, number one, keep it keep it lean and give it to the next person. But if there's very something specific that needs to come out of that action, then write it as long as you feel. Thank you for tuning in to the show. If it's your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit my new website for information on the YouTube channel, the blog, the podcast, and my new book, Ink by the Barrel, which takes advice from these 200 plus interviews and more at brockswinson.com. You'll see the link in the show notes. Thanks again.